This is going to be another episode of Ask Karen Anything. We got so many great questions last time I did a call out. And this time I'm going to answer a question from a student about forward energy and dressage movement. So um, this is going to be a bit more about riding strategy and tips. And it's going to be about how to deal with how to deal with it when a horse gets a bit sticky or stuck in their energy during things like shoulder ins. And this is a really common issue that I know many students have questions about. So here we go, episode 28. Hi, I'm Karen Rolfe and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. I'll start this episode by just going ahead and playing uh, the question from Cindy. Hi, Karen. It's Cindy Deaton. My question has to do with playing with the accelerator, um, specifically when I'm going from working on a dressage movement, like something uh, maybe a really nice suspended working trot, um, shoulder in, whatever. And then I want to just say, I feel my energy dropping. So I ask for just some forward and the accelerator is very sticky. Uh, even if I play with just go on a loose rein, stretchy trot, he tends to offer me um, still the more gathered up suspended trot. Um, so I'm having trouble getting that accelerator just really loose and free flowing. I know you have lots of videos on impulsion that I love. Uh, if you have anything specifically about going from a movement into just a very forward uh movement. I would really love to hear about it. Thank you. I love your work. Appreciate it. All right. Okay. So that's a really, really cool question. And uh, thank you, Cindy, for sending that in. And I know Cindy, I've taught her uh, multiple times with her beautiful horse. So, and she's just really learning about dressage. So she comes from more of a natural horsemanship background. So this is kind of a fun question because <laughs> I'm sure uh, some of you, when you were listening to her question, were like, I wish my horse stayed in a cadence suspended swingy trot. <laughs> you know? So I'm listening it with kind of two sets of ears. So Cindy, on the one hand, I'm thinking, why would you ever not want to do that beautiful swingy suspended trot? And when you, you know, talk about letting him go on a loose rein, it's like he just wants to stay you know, gathered and suspended. Um, but I also kind of understand that, you know, you're feeling all these different sensations and sometimes horses can, you know, so maybe you're, you know, have to try to imagine the picture and hear the words you're using and try to figure out, um, make sure I have the right picture because sometimes horses do get into what uh, dressage people might call a hovery trot. And that hovery trot, they can, some horses do it to the point where it almost feels like passage maybe, except 
it's not really gymnastically valuable. They're behind the leg and they start to hover in the air instead of being able to activate. So I think Cindy, knowing you and your gorgeous horse that it's a little bit of both. There's probably a little bit of feeling that he is behind the leg, you know, and you're getting that sensation of, I can't really go, but it also could be a little bit of new sensations and your, how you're um, defining what those sensations mean um, might need, we might need to turn those dials a little bit. Uh, because the last time I taught uh, Cindy and her horse, she really found some extra throughness um, in his gaze, and he's absolutely gorgeous. But I know that that feels weirder than a horse who's like, he's pretty, he can be pretty fiery. He's an interesting horse because he can be pretty fiery, but then he can also be pretty mellow. So this is where it gets really interesting. Um, so just to kind of answer it as I usually do kind of big picture, and then I'll dial it into the specifics. Um, you know, we want to have that gas pedal, right? So we want to be able to have a foundational degree of go means go. We want to start with that in our training. And we always want to feel like we have that, that at the end of the day, we can just say, I don't care how you go. If I hit the gas pedal, you know, we're crossing a, a road and here comes a truck and you got to move, like move. <laughs> you know? So we want to kind of have that sort of thing in our back pocket. And in those kind of moments, we release all the other criteria. You know, I don't care how you go. I don't care where your head is. I don't care what tempo or shape you're in. Just go. <laughs> so it's good to start with something like that and make sure you can always return to that kind of at any time. That's the foundational go means go uh, that's within everything. And for some horses, you know, that alone is challenging. Uh, I've ridden plenty of horses where that's, that's the hardest thing to do from beginning to end, but they, it doesn't have to stop their dressage career. I've ridden horses, you know, that go Grand Prix and still that's the hardest thing that we have to do. So it's a challenge. It's a normal challenge. It doesn't have to stop you. Um, so when we want to get a horse just in general to have the like go means go, that's really about techniques for building responsiveness, working with motivation. And I've talked about that in previous episodes. And I've got, as you said, you know, there's videos in the video classroom about that. Uh, and let's kind of just put that to the side a little bit and say, okay, let's, let's pretend we kind of have a foundational version of that. But when I'm doing dressage, it kind of shows up in another way. And I don't, I want to keep doing dressage. I don't want to throw it out. You know, have to always release everything and go back to just baby horse go. So when we're in that circumstance of our dressage ride, there are some different considerations because there are challenges in the dressage movements. And, um, you know, it could be actually a strength stamina issue. So you mentioned, um, you know, if you have a horse that normally goes kind of flat and then he gets into this, you know, big, his like power trot, you know, he might get into this place where he's like let loose and he's really through and he's using his deep postural muscles. And just like us, if we're using muscles that we're not used to using it, they might get tired or they might go, oh, I can't do that for very long. Or if they're not really strong in a shoulder in, they might get into a really perfect shoulder in and get 
you know, a quarter of the way down the long side and be like, Ooh, my quads are burning, <laughs> you know? And so just like if you were at the gym doing, you know, deadlifts or something, you know, or pull-ups, you know, you might get two in and you're like, I, I, I got nothing. And your trainer could be like, come on, go. Why aren't you going? <laughs> like, cause I can't do it. So we always have to measure that. Like, what does my horse feel like when they're trying so that then when I'm doing a gymnastic physical challenge, I can figure out, is my horse trying and they're just weak or discombobulated or unbalanced or something, or are they not trying? And that's where it gets tricky, right? But that's also why, you know, one of the reasons why I like to, as I go up the levels and advance in dressage, I also up my standard for foundation. Because, you know, if you up your standard for foundation, then it makes easier to keep stacking other levels on top of it. And if we release too much of our standard or lower too much of our standard for the basics, then, you know, well, if, if when you ask them to go normally, they're like, eh, I'll get to you. I'll get back to you on that here. How about this 40%, you know, during like just a, long rain, you know, across the field. Well, then, then when we use those same aids in the middle of a shoulder in, they're going to be like, what are you nuts lady? <laughs> like, I don't do it for you in the easy stuff. Why should I do it for you in the hard stuff? So it's always this twofold thing. I'm bouncing my attention back and forth of, do I have enough of a foundational standard to expect that I can call upon this even during a gymnastic movement? So that's kind of one place my brain is going. Um, now the back to the, your description of, you know, I'm doing this cadence trot or I ask him to go forward and he just, all he does is stay in this cadence trot. Um, in some cases that might be good. In some cases it's hovering and hovering is not good. So hovering is when a horse will often slow their tempo, they get behind the leg, they might feel bouncier, but they're actually doing it uh, in a way that avoids engagement or avoids, avoids the essence or criteria of the movement, right? So they get behind the leg. Some horses, when they get behind the leg, it's really obvious because they just don't go anywhere. And other horses can get behind the leg, but they actually feel bouncier and it almost feels like they're doing something cool. Um, so how do you know? So one of the ways that you can tell is, um, you know, to, to uh, see if you can increase the tempo. So playing around with different tempos is something that I definitely build into my normal routines with my horses. It kind of falls into the sweet spot idea where we usually think of relaxation, energy, and balance. Well, as you go, you can get a little more refined. You could say, okay, tempo, that's also a different conversation we can have. And how do you know what tempo is the best tempo? Well, we play with it. So often I'll just for fun, try a slower tempo one day or not even one day within one ride, I could do half a circle slower tempo and then I'll practice speeding up from that slower tempo. And then I'll go even faster and then maybe a little slower. So thinking of the tempo is like the metronome. It's the, it's if you were tapping your foot to music, 
that's the tempo. So you could have a trot, 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 and trot, 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 you know, just, just check in and do that during as part of your normal routine. So they're used to that conversation about speeding up tempo. We also want to check our positions. Um, so, you know, of course, <laughs> so we also, you know, it's really normal when we're doing things like um, a shoulder in or something that we might get tight in our hips. So whenever I'm doing a movement, you know, I'm trotting along, things feel good. Let me do a shoulder in. Uh-oh, things are getting sticky. I'm always going to go to myself and go, okay, wait, where am I contorting? And why am I contorting? You know, it's, you know, maybe I get a little crooked. I have to put too much inside leg on. So now I'm sitting in the wrong place, which makes me need to put more leg on, which makes them slow down even more and get even more twisted. So check your contortion. Go, okay, things are getting sticky. Check yourself first. Can you put your feet on the ground? Feel like you're standing on the ground. Let your horse pass through you. Loosen your hips. Make sure you're aligned and didn't get twisted or anything. Get yourself out of the way. And if you feel like you can't, if you feel like, well, it's really hard to sit because I have to use so much inside leg, or it's really hard to sit because I have to use so much outside rein, then you can go, okay, well, why am I using so much inside leg? Oh, I'm having trouble keeping them from drifting off the wall. Or why am I using so much outside rein? Well, because the shoulder is not really coming in. And then you can um, kind of step back and get a little more precise and play with that at the walk and see if you can remove those little rocks from the river right? Because every little crookedness or, or aid that has to be on too much is creates, I like to think like the rock in the river of the energy. And it's a perfectly good reason for the horse to get sucked back or hovering or stuck in their gas pedal. Uh, so that's always going to be, you know, check yourself, check the horse and pluck out the areas of contortion and tension. But let's say you do that. Let's say you have a really nice trot and you come in and you like whew, nail the shoulder in, you in it. And then when you go to straighten, you feel like, uh oh, they're not really going anymore. And again, that would be really normal. It's really normal. And again, that could be strength and stamina. So let's just say everything's going well and it, and it falls within the, you're not contorting, you're riding a really nice shoulder in, he's doing his best, you get into it and about, a quarter, a third way down the long side, whatever it is, you're like, uh oh, we're losing energy. So you straighten, you ask him to go, and he got nothing. <laughs> right now, what do you do? All right. So one of the one of the sort of general guidelines when you're doing gymnastic movements is you don't you don't necessarily want to be pushing them in the movement. And I'm going to put a little asterisk and come back to that in a second. So um, you do the shoulder in, they get sticky. As soon as you get just to right to that edge, go a little further and then straighten. And when you straighten, you can hit the gas pedal. Now, um, if you're saying that gas pedal doesn't work, then you could actually switch to a foundational version of that. So you could do beautiful working trot, beautiful shoulder in, straighten, ask for a little energy. It doesn't work. You go, we go, <laughs> right? And you kind of switch, you go dressage is over, go means go. And you release all the other criteria. You 
hit, go to an endpoint, right? You go, I'm going to let's go to the end of the wall and then stop and rest in the corner, right? Apply those foundational motivational things, have a destination. Say, I'm asking you now, but it's over with quick, right? And in the, in the video classroom, there's a video, um, let me see, I wrote it down, March, 2019, and it's called the Collectability Box Building Energy. And in that video, I show, I set up four poles um, in the middle of the arena. And I set up a pattern with a horse that I have that tends to get behind the leg and get sticky, exactly like what you're saying. And I build a pattern that I ride into the box. And in the middle of the box, I hit the gas pedal. And we go outside the box, release all the criteria and reward him. So when I build up the pattern, he starts to go, when I get near the box, he's like, oh, I know what's going to happen. We're going to go. And now his brain starts helping me. So once I have that pattern, so Cindy, you could watch that video, March, 2019, collectability box, building energy. And once you set up that pattern, then you could be going around the arena, beautiful working trot, do some shoulder in and do your shoulder in going into the collectability box. And as soon as you're through the, in the box, you straighten and go, and you just build that pattern. So once I did a clinic with um, uh, Karen and David O'Connor, the event riders, and I had, was riding a horse who was very sticky in front of the jump. He'd come in and then hesitate, hesitate, and then sort of like lurch over the jump. <laughs> yes, he was a dressage horse. And I remember them saying, when your horse is sticky in front of the jump, you don't push your horse into the jump, but you ride him away faster. So I'd come in, he'd hang back, he'd lurch over the jump. And as soon as we were on the other side, boom, go means go. Thank you very much, cookies. And then that same summer, um, I, I met Craig Johnson, the reigning trainer. And he was talking about the um, rollbacks, I think it was a rollback, one of those raining things. And he said, if your horse is sticky in the rollback, you don't push him harder into the rollback. But once he's done, you gallop away. And I went, oh, that's the same thing. So you can do that same principle on a mini level. If your horse gets sticky in the shoulder in, don't push them in the shoulder in. Don't try to carry them through it, but ride them faster out of it. Well, that makes sense. And there's a principle or guideline I use a lot, which really comes in handy in so many situations. And that's any two qualities that you want to have showing up at the same time, you alternate between them and then free, um, more frequently and closer together. So you want to have a horse that goes and then a horse that does a shoulder in, even if they're sticky, a horse that goes straight, a horse that does a shoulder in, even if they're sticky. And then if you do go, shoulder in, go, shoulder in, go, shoulder in, pretty soon you're going in your shoulder in. And it's just practicing, not trying to make them do it all at once, but do this quality, that quality, this quality, that quality. And if you do it, if you do that with the intention of having them combine, then they will combine. There'll be a moment where they're going forward, but ready to do a shoulder in and they're doing a shoulder in ready to go forward. 
And then you get those magic moments where like, oh, I'm getting ready. And then you reward that. And then you have that nice energetic shoulder in, and then you try to build that. And that's also where it becomes important to um, measure, right? So you're talking about gymnastic development and you're going to have to measure that because otherwise we ride around and we don't realize that we're not building stamina in the right places. So you want to keep track. Um, how long can he spend at his like fabulous working trot before he starts to lose it and be precise. If you have a tendency where let's say you do two circles at the gorgeous working trot and then he loses a little energy by the third. And then, so you get it back and he does two circles and then lose a little energy by the third and then you get it back and you, you keep doing that. It could stay like that for a long time. But if you start going, you know, after two circles, we start to lose it. So I'm going to do two circles of the gorgeous working trot. Then I'm going to just hit the gas pedal. And as soon as he's going, I'm going to go back and do that circle again until I see that we get two and a half circles. And then I'm going to stop and reward him. And you write in your journal, dear diary, we did two and a half circles before he got sticky. And then you come out the next day and you pay attention. And you just make sure, you know, don't go and expect five circles, but you might go, all right, well, I'm going to make sure we do that two and a half circles again. And then maybe after a week of like, whoa, two and a half circles is easy. I'm going to see if we can get three. And you start gradually progressing it. How many steps of shoulder in does he do before he can get sticky? So another way to be successful if I have a sticky horse is instead of always going until they get sticky, if they, if they get sticky after six steps of shoulder in, I'll practice doing three steps and then get out of there and then three steps and then get out of there and three steps and get out of there. So at the end of the session, I've had the same number of steps of shoulder in, but none of them are sticky, right? And then I can pay attention. And if I do that progressively, then maybe he gets stronger. So the next time I do it, like, whoa, he's doing like five steps before he gets sticky. So then I start you know, I start doing four steps, you know, so I keep setting it up, but I'm, that will only work if you're really paying attention. And sometimes you have to write it down and notice and go on a little quest of like, all right, my goal is to be able to get halfway down that long side and be able to keep the shoulder in and, you know, using that alternating technique, shoulder in, then go means go. Thank you very much. Try it again until you can get it. Now, earlier I said, you know, make sure you're not pushing your horse or carrying your horse through it. And I said asterisks, right? So I'm really proud of myself because I remembered that and I'm going to come back to the asterisks. The older I get, the more proud I am when I remember stuff. Anybody can relate to this? <laughs> anyway, so the asterisks is sometimes you're going to have to cheerlead a little bit for your horse. Now, cheerlead is a euphemism <laughs> for um, carrying your horse through something. I think the key is to not do it for very long. You know, it's cheerleading. You know, yeah, that's a nice word for, for saying, come on, I got you and we're going to do this. So there's a, there's a couple tablespoons of maybe make in that. And I'm not saying cheerlead to try to gloss over what I'm doing. I'm, I'm saying cheerlead because that's the intention 
that you want to have when you're doing it. There's a difference between, oh yeah, you can't quit on me. You're going, I'm going to show you that I can get you to do the shoulder in the whole way. Or, come on, you got this. Come on, a few more steps. You got this. Now, the aids that I put on in those two scenarios might be exactly the same, exactly the same amount of pressure. But horses read intention. So intention does matter. And that's why I'll, why I'll use the term cheerlead instead of, you know, make the sucker do it. Because <laughs> that's not what we want to be thinking. If you're thinking, you dumb horse, I'm going to make you do it. I'll show you who's boss. You should probably get off, take a few deep breaths. So there are moments when I'm asking for something. If I know the horse understands, maybe they've been really, they have maybe some really good avoidance skills. So if you have a horse that gets hovery or gets whatever it is, and you know, it's that their avoidance mechanism is better than your effectiveness, then you might not get through that moment. And there's sometimes you got to go, I'm going to show you that you can do this. So I did that today. Um, I was working on canter pirouettes with Solana and she has, she has really good canter pirouettes, which is really crazy because she can be very (laughs) non-responsive at the canter. And I can often feel like I don't have a gas pedal. Uh, But she also will do it. And I have to dial back my interpretation of what I'm feeling because sometimes it feels like I'm not sure she's going to take another step. But if I just trust her and sit there, she actually does. Uh, but anyway, there is one, one lead. She's really awesome at it and confident. And the other lead, she'll tend to turn a little bit too quick, um, kind of falls around it a little bit. And when I ask her to not do that, then sometimes she'll get stuck. And so we, we came in and we did a couple ones and she just caught me. So I come in collect the canner, start to turn, you know, gave her the chance and oh, she dropped out on me. Okay, let's try it again. Come in again, you know, come in. She dropped out on me. I was like, oh, caught me again. And, uh, and then I came in, I was like, come on, you got this. And so I made it slightly easier. I made it a slightly bigger turn, but I kept my leg on this time. I didn't wait and see if she was going to break because I already knew what was about to happen. And I just like, and I just literally said out loud through it, like, you got this, you got this, you got this. And that's what my aides were saying. And then we were over with, right? So I think the difference is we don't want to get in a habit of making our horse, drilling our horse, carrying our horse through it on a long-term basis or as a general rule. But there may be moments where you're like, come on. All right. So let's say if he's trotting and um, Solana will do this too, like they'll use the shoulder in example, is um, we'll have a nice trot, we'll get into the shoulder in and her tempo will slow down. And now she's been doing shoulder ins for a while. I know she knows them. I know she's capable of them. Everything is prepared. And she just is kind of like, she has a certain amount of energy and the shoulder in requires more energy from her And so she takes some energy out of her trot to use to do the shoulder in. And what we want to have happen is that she stays at this trot and she goes, shoulder in's happening. I better kick it into gear. 
the same way if you have your car set on cruise control and you go up a hill, it will automatically increase the RPMs, right? So that's my final goal with my horse is that if I'm trotting along and I get into shoulder and they go, I need to kick it into gear to get the shoulder in done. So they're adding and rising the occasion, not taking anything away from the trot. But we have to train this. So this is part of training. So Solana's tendency, she sees the shoulder in, she's like, well, let me take some energy away from my trot. And once I'm at the point where I think, like I said, she understands it, you can do it. There's no resistance. We're not getting crooked or contorted. She's just that's what she's, that's her problem solving. That's when I can go get my pom-poms out and go, come on, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. And I'll practice that increased tempo thing, which I've practiced at other times in easier circumstances. And I'll go into the shoulder in and I'll be ready. And I might have even my stick in one hand down by her hind leg. And I'll just go and faster, 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 faster for like five or six strides. Like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And as long as she attempts to speed up the tempo in the shoulder in, it's over with really quickly. And I thank her a lot for it. And I might do it at the same place. It's like, ready? Here's the part where we speed up our shoulder in, right? When you do something in a certain location, it helps them mentally prepare. Oh, here comes that. Oh, I know what she's going to do here because she did it the last three times. You want to employ your horse's brain. And so if I go on a quest like that, and I make that the important thing that we're training for that, you know, that week, whatever it is, I like to have a theme for the week. Chances are that if you do that regularly and you say, my new standard is we keep the same tempo in a shoulder in. So I'm going to practice speeding up. Uh, now, when she does shoulder in, she'll, as part of her warm up, maybe the first couple shoulder ins, she'll do her normal slow down thing. And I'll be like, remember? And she's like, oh, yeah going. <laughs> and then I get to spend more time at that quicker, more engaged shoulder in where she's not hovering and backing off. And then pretty soon, because I've measured it and I've paid attention, now she is building her strength and stamina. And then a couple of weeks later, she's like, this is no problem. I got this quick tempo in the shoulder in. I don't even remember why this was a problem. All right. So that's what I mean about um, progressive development of it. So that's going to be all of your puzzles is to figure out um, how to balance saying, come on, you got this with honoring that they tell you that they can't do it. And that's the tricky part. And that's where all the foundation stuff, when you keep upping your standard of the very, very, very basic things, and you always, as part of your life with your horse, you're always looking for, what does my horse look like when they understand something? What does my horse look and feel like when they're trying? And that way you'll know, are they, are they understanding but not trying? Or are they trying but not understanding? Or are they trying and understanding, but they're not strong enough? So these are really subtle differences that we humans can say and talk to each other about, but horses can't. So we've got to be really good at that. And, you know, I think as long as you're conscious and you go, I'm not sure, but I think today I can like 
hustle this along and try pushing the envelope a little bit and cheerlead a little bit more. Or you can say, you know what, I think they might be feeling tired or not strong enough. So I'm going to consciously decide to not push it and go back and, you know, maybe just do shorter spurts or something like that. And I think as long as you're conscious about which one you're doing, then you try that one and you see if things get better or not. You know, if you're always tend to back off and you wonder why it doesn't progress, well, maybe you need to go, come on, let's go and get a little bit more progressive. But if you're always erring on the side of, come on, you can do this, and your horse starts getting sour or crabbier or feeling more defensive, then, you know, then maybe you should try going, you know, I always tend to push my horse through things. Maybe I need to back off. Maybe I need to do smaller versions to a higher standard for fewer steps. And, you know, along, um, along with this comes, you know, your own stamina. Uh, and I know, Cindy, from teaching you that sometimes that's an issue, right? You know, your horse starts to move and it's harder to sit and, you know, those abs, <laughs> abs and hips, and, you know, it, it, it's a lot to keep track of with your own body. So this is true of all of us. So it's always going to be, can we keep our own stamina and strength through it? So in your question, the way you phrased it, um, and I think this might be a result of just the way you think about your horses in partnership, because you said, I feel, I feel my energy decreasing, or I feel our energy decreasing or something like that. And so I'm, I wondered a little bit of, is there a little bit of a dynamic of you yourself as the rider rise to the occasion for the fancy trot or the shoulder in. And then when the shoulder in's done, you kind of drop out a little bit. Or were you just saying we, meaning I feel my horse's energy drop and you're part of that, and which might be it because I think you really are such a good partner for your horse. Um, so, but just to check that um, when I'm doing dressage, there definitely is a little bit of a feeling of like rising the occasion for certain movements and then decreasing, but more and more as you progress in dressage, Cindy, you're going to start feeling like you're going to have to stay in that state, right? So you're used to having like foundation and then you kind of put it together for some dressage and go back to the foundation and progress yourself because riding around in that fancy gorgeous trot of his where he's all swingy and nice is going to be your new normal and that level of active neutral is going to stay there the whole ride and both of you will um you know you you want to feel like you're setting the cruise control and you're definitely embodying it but your horse is the one that needs to be like, you're staying the same, like we need this kind of trot and this kind of quality of gait. And you're aiming for being able to do that. And when you're on a straight line, you're like that. When you do a 10 meter circle, you stay like that and your horse supplies the extra energy because it's a smaller circle and requires more strength. And then you keep riding the same as you go back onto the straight easy line. And then you come onto the shoulder in and you still keep that same energy and your horse goes, whoo, in order to keep this same quality, I've got to, I've meaning him, <laughs> he's got to raise his energy to 
add to do the shoulder in so that he can stay matching you. And then when you transition and you take a break, now you let your energy down, you know, or um, yeah. So let's just kind of say that. So it might be a little bit of your own stamina that it's not like, oh, I did one shoulder in, and, oh, I'm gonna <laughs> you know, be, be careful. You're not in a habit of doing that because he's going to start going, oh, after shoulder in, we always relax. And so now he's anticipating that. So see if you can progress your own stamina and know that, you know, dressage riders just live kind of in that state the whole time, unless you're on a free walk break, but to be able to ride around for, you know, five minutes in that state, that's just normal. That's just active neutral. So progress yourself. Um, yeah. And I think that, I think that's it, you know, practicing your own stamina, practicing tempo changes in general and the easy moments, just add that into your repertoire, um, progressively developing your horse in measurable ways so that, you know, you're, you're bringing that forward and get past those normal little sticky points and balance that cheerleading with the honoring. Don't forget to alternate between the two. That's sort of the easiest way in to bridge the foundational with the dressage is, you know, do dressage and then foundation. And, and it's okay to, you know, if you do your fancy dressage shoulder in and then you straighten, drop the reins and now it's baby horse go means go. Stop in the corner, give a cookie. So you can really switch quickly. And um, yeah, and then just be consistent. So I hope that gives people some things to play with. You know, go in the video classroom, look up that one, the March 2019 collectability box. There's also a video in there. If you look up lateral work, there's a ton of videos and a lot of them have to do with keeping the energy. There's a video in there. I forgot to look up what month it is, but just search on the video label lateral and then look for a video that says shoulder in, get in, get out. And that's also really good for horses that get sticky. We practice riding in, boom, into shoulder in, boom, get out of there, get in, get out. <laughs> right. So you can get that transition in and out really good. And then you can just add more steps. So anyway, I hope that gives you something to think about and to help you with come on over to dressage naturally land Facebook group. If you're not in there already, just look for dressage naturally land ask to join i'll get you in there and that's a great place to leave comments um, about these podcasts so that's it thank you if this episode resonates with you make sure you subscribe on apple podcasts or wherever you're listening training horses is a long game the more you listen the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have to see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse move in harmony and enjoy the process.